now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, it is that time of year. You know, I'm based in, well, both of us are based in Florida. He's down in Fort Myers area. I'm in Orlando, Central Florida. And uh, we are uh, in the beginning of hurricane season. And what does that mean for aviation enthusiasts? Well, if you're in our neck of the woods, it can mean a lot. Because when we have a storm on the horizon and things churning around in the uh, Atlantic uh, and potentially heading our way at some point over the next couple of months, we got to prepare accordingly for our aircraft to make sure they don't go under, let alone, you know, ourselves. And and you ever take you know as a first time hurricane season resident here in Florida, Dennis, you are taking this a little bit more serious than uh, regular Floridians. I'm guessing uh, is that a safe assumption or what? That, that's a real safe assumption. You know, I always assume, you know wondered every time I see all these airplanes getting you know destroyed and hurricanes damaged and whatnot. I'm like, well, why didn't you just fly it out? Well. Now, of course, everybody knows with the engine out of my airplane, that's no longer an option for Mm -hmm. me. So now I kind of understand, you know, okay, maybe it isn't within everybody's uh, possibilities to just simply fly their airplane out of, out of danger. And, you know, and maybe that isn't the best solution. Maybe it is in a hardened hangar or something like that. Well, talk about timely. I get an email from Avemco Insurance uh, with a bunch of tips on how to prepare your gen- your airplane for hurricane season. And I thought, you know, I could read this list or maybe I can just talk to Avemco directly and have them share their thoughts on it because, hey, they're the ones that are having to write these checks and I'm sure they'd rather not do that. So, you know, if we can get some information out to the aircraft owners or potential owners about what they can do to, to better prepare their aircraft, maybe we can get these uh, insurance rates back down. Well, there you go. And uh, Dennis did just that. And that brings us to Kim Skipper. She is from Avemco and she is on Just Plane Radio right now. Kim, welcome. How are you? Fine. How are you guys today? We are pretty good. So does Dennis have the right idea to kind of, you know, figure out a way to minimize the damage to your aircraft so you guys don't have to charge us as much? Are you on board with this idea or what? Yeah, there's a couple of things you can do to uh, help mitigate the loss that occurs. And, you know, that is moving the airplane, uh, making sure you've got good tie downs, making sure that your tie down anchors are not in sole that is saturated by water. Um, sometimes not doing anything can be a best option. Really? Okay, now, now Dennis has a hangar connected to his house because he's living in an air park. So the best place for him is just to keep it in there, right? Housed in the hangar, and uh, that is about as safe as you can go. But you're telling me there's actually certain situations where you're better off not doing anything? Explain. There are times where relocating the airplane has actually caused us at times to have to pay out for the damage. Mm. Because in a lot of cases... We don't want you to move it the day the storm is 
barreling down on you. So three, four, five days out, looks like this is going to be the good alternative airport. Right. Well, sometimes you move it to that airport and the hurricane changes its mind. It follows you. Yeah. (laughs) and, And wipes it out. And then for those of us that live up along the East Coast, a lot of times what happens in these storms is the remnants hit the mountain range and ride up the mountains and spawn horrible tornadoes and thunderstorms. We've had airplanes that have been located out of Florida and destroyed further up the East Coast from one of those storms. Mm. So I I don't know. What's the solution? Just being really good at watching the weather and knowing Mm -hmm. where these storms are going to go. And that's how you determine, okay, I got to move the aircraft or I got to leave it put. You just Mm kind of have to uh, pay attention along those lines, I guess. And and do what's best for you and your situation, because not everyone has the luxury to move it. And realistically, you know, we want to make sure that your your personal safety you know, as well as your home and your business, they need to be a top priority. Right. The airplane is very important to all of us, without a doubt. But at the same time, your well-being and your family outweighs your airplane. No, it depends on how much you like them, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we do know that sometimes airplanes are liked a little bit more than right. others I, in the family. That never well, happens. You know, mine, I oh. did have to put mine in the house. It's got its own bedroom. You know? <laughs> well, that's right. And it's bigger than their master bath. So, you know, what does that say? Uh, priorities. He's got them aligned correctly as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, you know, we, we joke. But, yeah, it is something you got to really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. You know, in Florida, it's a little bit more serious when we have these hurricanes. But uh, the, the situation is usually you have quite a bit of, you know, advanced knowledge like, hey, uh, there's something out on the horizon. You get, you're going to have like a five-day window. That it could potentially affect you, and you got to start planning then. You don't mm-hmm. wait until the day before this thing is about yeah. to barrel down on your area. And, and then you just, like you said, mitigate accordingly. But as far as, mm-hmm. you know, uh, doing that, there's only so much you can do. Uh, what, what you should have done already at this point is have insurance. And that's where mm-hmm. you guys come into to play at Amico, right? Correct. Make sure that you have the, your policy lined up. You've got the appropriate coverage on it and that it's paid. You know, you don't want to wait until the storm comes in to realize that you haven't made your re- your recent payments on it. Right. Is is it too late though right now for Florida residents because of hurricane season? Isn't there something like you got to have it in place before the season even starts, or or does it uh, depend no. on the the storm itself? Normally, what we're not going to to write coverage is when I know there's a storm barreling down on your exact location within the next two days. Then I'm not going to be able to rate you a policy right yeah so you got to do it before so there's a storm days. good i got it three yeah, days before all right the storm's coming you mm-hmm. want to make sure that your coverage is in place yeah yeah and i mean it's good just to have it in place as a florida resident before the season even starts so exactly. you know that that is one thing but you know no matter where you are in the country you got to take this into account mm-hmm. and uh and, and plan accordingly so I mean, if you have an aircraft, you got to have some kind of insurance regardless. Is there particular elements of a, uh, you know, insurance policy for your aircraft that you're going to take into account like this that, you know, certain limits and things? What are the different variables that you got to consider there, Kim? 
Typically, you've got a couple of different types of coverage regarding the aircraft damage, which is what hurricane damage would be covered under. We offer two versions. One gives you coverage in the air and on the ground, which is going to cost a little bit more because we're going to cover your bad landings, problems on takeoff, and the full phase of flight. But we also offer something called ground-only coverage which is basically designed for someone who wants to save some money and is confident with their skills and not concerned about a a landing accident, but they're worried about the hurricane, the tornadoes, the hail, theft, vandalism, those type of things. So for a lower cost, you can get that type of coverage as well. So how confident do you feel, Dennis, for your particular policy you're planning to purchase? Oh, I've uh, actually got the in-motion policy. Does it depend on the pilot himself or the people that he's uh, planning to instruct? Uh, in Dennis's case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably does, doesn't it, Dennis? You think? Well, you know, there's there's other variables, too. You know, hey, I could be the best pilot in the world. Just ask me, right? But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's the people around me. It's the birds that don't, uh, you know, are where they're not supposed to be. Or, heck, you could be in your airplane on final in Denver and have somebody in a Cirrus cut you off. You know, strange things can happen, and I want to be protected from that. Yeah, mm-hmm. do you, do you uh, buy into all these arguments uh, when you say that? Like, uh, yeah, it was the bird's fault. It flew into me. Well, I had nothing to do with it. And then you call uh, you call someone like Kim. And, and Kim, do you just say, uh, oh, yeah, I believe you. I'm like, no, I'm going to do a little research and make sure you know what, uh, you know, what you're saying matches up with reality, which sometimes isn't the case with a lot of aviation enthusiasts. Do you hear what I'm saying, Kim? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> and typically through the claims process, we're going to investigate to make sure that it is definitely a covered law. Okay. We want to pay for the claims that we should pay for and not the ones that should not be covered. Oh, I knew there was a caveat there. All right, more coming up uh, on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. 
nothing. Go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I'm getting pretty good just trying to figure out these landings. Increase altitude. Increase, Increase altitude. altitude. It always says it. No, I'm Increase trying to altitude. land. Terrain alert. I know terrain there's alert. terrain. I'm trying to terrain land alert. on the terrain. Terrain alert. Pull up. I will Pull not. Up. I am my Pull own up. person. Pull up. Terrain alert. Pull up. Terrain alert. Damn it. Landing unsuccessful. Yeah, I saw you, freaking dogs! This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis, and our special guest, Kim Skipper from... Avemco Insurance, you know, we got a hurricane season kicking in uh, here in Florida, and we figured this would be a good time to kind of evaluate, you know, uh, I don't know, Captain Dennis's exposure now that he's a Florida resident and dealing with his first hurricane season. He wants to make sure he has the proper insurance for his Mooney 201, and uh, he's properly covered when he's doing his flight instruction for potential students like uh, yours truly, uh, which I don't know, uh, Kim... Uh, if I, I gave you like a dozen flowers, would that uh, like decrease the rate of Dennis's uh, insurance premium if if he was if you knew he was going to train me? No, no, wouldn't, darn, wouldn't change a thing. Flowers no. or not, the price would be the same. Okay, but you would appreciate the effort, I assume. Though it just wouldn't help me financially or him. Is that what you're no. saying? Okay, well, would not I, help. I tried, Dennis. You know, <laughs> it's best I can do for you, my friend. Well, that's good. I uh, mean, you know, that's one of the considerations that I'm having to take into account right now. You know, uh, obviously, I do carry hull and liability insurance on the Mooney, but that only protects me. Um, it doesn't protect me from from anything that you might do, Greg. Mm. And so, as a CFI, that's something I need to actually, you know, consider getting in place here if I start uh, to branch out and actually start teaching people. Uh, on a regular basis, because right now, if if the FAA was to come back to us, you know, like they were looking at blaming an instructor, uh, if they were to come back and say, I didn't teach somebody right, I could potentially be sued by that pilot or his family, his state, whatever. And so, you know, I'm going to have to look at getting some some professional liability. And imagine the, the exposure I have if I actually get you certified as a, a pilot and you go out and fly. Mm. Uh, that, that's a large, large pile of risk there. And I hope that Kim will be able to help me out with that. I don't know. I, do you guys have kind of rules that you got to follow to not allow such craziness, Kim or, or no, we do have rules and guidelines that we follow. Okay. Well, uh, you can check them out. Avemco.com, by the way, is the website for Kim and the gang, but I, it wouldn't be any worse uh, for him to deal with me than any other student though. Right. I mean, he's that not going to, he's not going to get any extra penalty, for uh, training me. So stop it, Dennis. Just stop it now. <laughs> well, they just don't know you yet, Greg. Yeah, okay. There's that. Kim, uh, by the way, I, you sound like you're fairly, you know, you're, you're obviously in tune with the aviation industry. Are you a, a pilot yourself or just familiar I started, working I've with I've started ground folks? school 
three or four times over the last 34 years. And I never seem to have the time and money all at the same point. Aha. Uh-huh. So you know Great. just enough. You, yeah. You found a kindred yeah. spirit. I did, didn't I? Well, yeah, she yeah. she's cut after the same mold as, as me. Yeah, I'm a perpetual yeah. flight student in training, and I've been doing that for quite a few years. Yeah. I've <laughs> passed more, the written. Yeah. I've uh, been me up too. quite a few times, and we also have a sim here in the office that I've, I've Okay. Well, well, I mean, but that plays to your advantage of being able to deal with uh, pilots and, uh, you know, trying to make sure they get the proper coverage specific to their activity. And that's very important in this situation, correct? Correct. Yeah. All right. So when it comes to Dennis's uh, particular situation with his hangar, what else can people pick up as far as how they should plan, you know, for inclement weather, whether it's hurricanes or just bad storms and things like that? Is there uh, any kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, specific things they should look for in the hangar that they plan to uh, keep their aircraft or what? Uh, Basically, you want to look at, if you're putting it in a hangar, you want to look at the quality of construction uh, and make sure you pick pick one that is a stronger structure if you're concerned about the hurricanes and windstorm. It may be worth a little bit of extra money. The other thing is you want to look at the floodplain, you know, is is that hangar or is your tie down a spot in an area that is frequently flooded? Mm. That might not be your best option because we all know what water does to airplanes is not uh, it's not, not good. good. For, yeah, it'll ground them for a while for sure. Yes. Well, and even worse is if it is a tie down situation, the mm-hmm. ground, you know, if you do have flooding there, that ground is completely saturated and the spikes, stakes, whatever you have tying it down mm-hmm. might not hold nearly as well in wet ground as they would in dry. And, Correct. And so now you lost a lot of that strength that's holding that airplane. And now you got the possibility of it blowing away or blowing into something else or worse yet, something else blowing into you. Right. Well, the best case scenario is to have your own hangar like Dennis has, though. Am I correct in assuming such uh, stuff, Kim? It definitely can save you a little money having it hangered. And we do see that they tend to survive hurricanes a little bit better than something tied outside. But we do also see hangers collapse on them during mm-hmm. these storms. Right. Well, you know, just any storm, you got the problem of wind, you got uh, hail, uh, and that kind of thing, which could damage your aircraft if it just sits there. So I, I don't know. I think you're in the best uh, situation. And as far as flooding, you don't have any flooding issues in your uh, neighborhood or your hangar. Uh, I would assume, um, right? Yeah. Not that I've heard of. No, we're we're far enough away from the river and from the ocean here um, at our field. You know, I think the elevation is like twenty three feet, which doesn't seem like a lot, but you know that would be a pretty aggressive storm surge to be able to push you know the seawater up twenty three feet height. On right, a, and, and when you go through the policy, uh, you know, plans for a potential, you know, uh, pilot. In this scenario, Kim, I mean, uh, are those the mitigating factors that, hey, I have a hangar, da, 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 and I got, I do this, I do this, and this will affect your premium kind of thing? And you kind of walk, walk them through that on, on how to keep that to a, a bare minimum or what? We do. Part, part of uh, our process is to tell you what it is going to cost to do this and things that you can do to help reduce your premium if you're a low-time pilot building hours, uh, taking additional training, hangering the airplane are all things you can do to help lower your overall cost. Yeah. And as I illustrated earlier, you know, trying to bribe 
the uh, agent with flowers or money uh, is not going to work, uh, just for the record. Uh, no, but there is a much better way that you could bribe her, and that is by participating in the FAA Wings program. Uh, Avemco has oh, been yeah. a long-term sponsor of that program, and they are one of the uh, uh, carriers that will actually give you a discount if you participate in show that you have achieved a phase of Wings. Oh, okay. So that's that's a very low-cost way to lower your uh, uh, your rates. And these various uh, you know elements like that, you guys kind of walk pilots through this when you talk to them, I guess. Is that right? You consult right. with them along those lines? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I mean, that's good stuff. Avemco.com. Reach out to them. Kim or someone there from the office will hook you up and uh, make sure you're covered properly for hurricane season or any inclement weather you may encounter with your aircraft. And we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Are you nervous? Uh, never flown before. Nothing to it. You sit back, be a bird. Sometimes I cry, sometimes I fly like a bird. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. All right, we've let the uh, folks from Avemco uh, go on and start writing policies for all the uh, pilot, uh, you know, pilots that they got to cover here for hurricane season. And we've, uh, you know, let them tap out and brought Tom, Captain Tom, from well velocity aircraft and just a big uh you know aviation enthusiast just aviation he loves all kinds of things associated with flying planes and uh he's going to help us out tom how you doing buddy what's going on doing terrific today Glad yeah to be here. so t- by the way tom is out in the merritt island uh area of florida which uh east coast they're just south of cape canaveral and uh we were talking during the commercial break uh, about the uh, SpaceX launches. And, you know, I, I'm in Orlando. I, I see them all the time. They are literally going up like, well, I don't know, once every week or two, we see a rocket launch. It's it's becoming routine again, which is kind of fun. Uh, but I'm far enough away where, you know, we don't get much warning 
other than, unless we're watching the news and then we look up at the sky and you see some you know chemtrail going up from the ground and you see the remnant oh there there rocket going huh cool but uh, where you are you see these uh spacex launches and they like rumble your whole house is that what's going down tom or what yeah, they, they do rumble the house and you'll see the the rocket taking off and about 10 seconds later you start hearing this rumble approaching your house yeah and about 15 to 17 seconds after that the whole house starts to shake the dogs in the neighborhood start to bark. And wow. Actually, you'll get a little bit of rattle in your windows, your back windows. Uh, you actually see them vibrate at a quick pulsation. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know, the UFOs are out there right now, too, supposedly. And we get some big report coming out at any time. It might already be out at this point. And I'm, I'm guessing Cape Canaveral is going to be one of the UFO hotspots where they start their invasion. You think? Are you with me? Are you worried about that? Or are you going to just... I'm looking forward to it. I got my sign out front, you know, uh, um, ET welcome. <laughs> there, I'm ready. You know, that's right. See, he, he he's all about that. I, you know, I'm with him too. We'll, we'll see how it uh, unfolds, but yeah, I, I, I don't get the house rumbling thing. I just get the visual effects. We used to get the shuttle, uh, bangs and we'd hear that over here in uh, central Florida all the way across the state. And, uh, and we, uh, but you know, obviously we don't have those. With these uh, yeah. SpaceX launches, yeah. With, with that being said, you know, to make a good comparison, remember the old days with the muscle cars with the glass packs and the headers, and you could hear them and see them and coming, and they make a lot of noise. And, mm-hmm. and but today, the SpaceX is almost like your electric car. I mean, it's super fast, it's very efficient, but it takes off and it's gone. Where right. uh, the space shuttle, when it took off, especially if there was a launch at nighttime. You could actually go out in your backyard and read your newspaper for about 10 seconds. It would bright. It was just like the sun coming up. Uh, yeah. Especially when it launched from 39 Alpha, it used it as easterly uh, departure. So it was just like a sunrise in the morning. The mm-hmm. sky at midnight, it would actually be daylight. It was it was so impressive. And, and talking about the house shaking, you had the windows shake. Uh, uh, it was very impressive. The house would shake. Uh, the windows would go. The dogs would bark. Pictures sometimes would fall off the wall of your house. A lot of big, and then of course when it had the sonic launch when it would come back in reentry. Right, you get the boom. You used to get the double boom. Exactly. And everybody, especially if it was like sunrise, and they would wake people up. Everybody thought their their hot water heater blew up. Yeah, it's like, oh, here come the here come the aliens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we would get it once again in uh, Orlando, all the way you know fifty miles inland. We're not right on the coast where you are at Merritt Island. And uh, it would do the same for us. So I can only imagine being right next to it. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I always thought it'd be neat to be out there on the coast and see these first hands. But I'm not so sure you're selling it real well, Tom. <laughs> you know, stuff falling <laughs> well, off the they, walls and all hell breaking loose. Next, next time there's lunch, come on over. If you know there's going to be like an afternoon lunch, get lunch, come on over for lunch and watch the lunch. <laughs> I like the idea. Yeah. Lunch with the launch, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I could one of those Mampshire's uh, margarita for you. Yeah. Well, you know, we were planning to come over there uh, uh, pretty soon, and uh, Captain Dennis is Mooney 201, but you've heard he's yeah, uh, heard. grounded at the moment, getting an uh, engine overhaul. We'll have another update for you next week on that. Uh, but uh, he got it shipped out, and, and we'll get the next step of how things are going here next week on the big show. But I don't know. We can drive over to Merritt Island. It's not that far from where you are, right, Dennis? It'd be worth it. No, it's it's not that far. It's what probably less than a three-hour drive. So Yeah. Yeah. Could be worse. Not even that for me. I, I bet it's not even an hour. 
from uh, Orlando. Is it where you are, Tom? Yeah, from Orlando International. Uh, it's fifty-four minutes. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's uh, reasonable. We can make that happen. And you uh, or you could just pick us up in one of your velocity aircraft. Pick us up. I could just come and pick up the Orlando executive, right? Orlando flight professionals. There you go. There and then uh, pick you guys up and bring you over to Merritt Island and watch the launch. I like that idea better, Dennis. What do you think? Well, it's starting to sound like you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can come pick me up and take me there. Yeah, okay. So hey, uh, Tom, what Tom's I'm looking taking after you. My responsibility. You got a longer drive than me, and what are you complaining well, about me? Down, well, he was going to pick you up at pick us up at uh, or you know at Orlando Executive. Now, well, if I was getting him to come over here to Fort Myers, grab me, then we go get you. Now we got. Well, something. you got to do a loop, right, Tom? Yeah, and there then we how go. it works. Well, you know, we can we can make that make we can make a, a three way out of it. We got. Hey, actually, be careful uh, now. <laughs> Actually, you know what, uh, Dennis, I can bring Jeff Foster with me. We'll fly over, pick you up, fly over to Orlando Executive, pick up Greg, and then come on back here. We can hang out for today. Wait, that now, sounds Jeff, like a plan. Now, what is Jeff, your bail bondsman or something? Wait, wait, who, so who? this is one of those small world stories, Greg. Yeah. Years ago, when I got my pilot's license, I worked at a small FBO on the shore of Lake Superior in Duluth, Minnesota. Okay. Well, Jeff Foster wound up buying the business while I was working there. So I got to know Jeff and and flew and worked for him for many years. And kind of lost track because, you know, I, I went off to college, got married, had kids, moved to Florida. We meet Tom when he was asking me questions about the Avidine stuff. And in the conversation, he, oh, yeah, my neighbor's got a Sears. He flies back and forth to Duluth. I said, oh, really? That's my hometown. I grew up there. Oh, yeah. Well, Jeff Foster. And like, my jaw dropped. Like, you got to be kidding me. I haven't heard that name in 20 years. It turns out they're neighbors. Hmm. How small of a world is aviation when that happens? Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, but and, but you're not in like an air park or anything. You're just on the what intercoastal there in Merritt Island, I assume. Tom, yeah, the airport something? as the crow flies. Airport is a uh, two point three miles away, but it's a seven minute drive to to my hangar. Nice, right? And then Jeff Foster's got uh, one of his airplanes parked right next to me, so it's pretty cool. Okay, what does he have? What is he flying? He's got a, well. He's got what does he have? He's got two Cirruses. He's got mm. an, an SR twenty, a twenty two. He's got a Baron, and he's got a, a float plane, a Cessna 206 on floats. That's all. Okay. That's all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, yeah, it sounds like a trek that we got to make uh, happen sooner as opposed to later. We, won't, we, we can't let uh, Dennis's engine issue uh, keep us from getting together. But, uh, well, you, but, but what are you doing in the meantime? I mean, you're doing some training with uh, Velocity. Is that right? Are you training someone on a twin? Is that what I heard? Well, actually, I just got a call. Right before uh, Dennis called, which worked up, uh, uh, Dr. Jonathan, he's one of our customers. He's built a twin velocity. I mm. uh, built it a couple of years ago, and he had the Lycoming 360s in there, and it had some kind of problems with them. So he had both engines replaced by Lycoming, which is nice. So wow. he's got pr- two brand-new engines in there, and it's over in Sebastian right now. So uh, he hasn't flown in a, in a few months. So just to feel comfortable, he's flying in on Monday into Orlando from Seattle. And he would like to know if I would fly back with him, put we'll a little bit of recurrent training, and he just put new two new uh, Garmin G3Xs in there and a and a, you know, a 750 Navigator Garmin. Mm. So um, we'll actually do some training on the way back to Seattle. So that'll be. A, I haven't been across country in a small airplane in about 40 years. I mean, I've I've been around the world 50 times in a triple seven, but uh, but going across the country in a small airplane, man. Yeah. 
I'm thinking to myself, I got to do my own uh, weather briefing. I got to do a flight plan. Road flight. trip. Yes. They are not road trip, air trip. There you go. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Colonel, with all due respect, that new jet is a death trap. It's the 1950s. Everything's a death trap. Now have three martinis, a pack of smokes, and get in that plane. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis and Captain Tom, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. And just wish we were Tom, really, because he uh, is flying a twin velocity with new engines, new avionics. I mean, this sounds like uh, you know a pretty fun trip you got planned with your buddy. Is that a safe assumption? I mean, you're talking about all these things you got to do, but it sounds like you're fairly you know enthusiastic about the possibility of making this work right oh absolutely i mean i mean it's i mean it it doesn't suck that's for sure right (laughs) new toys uh for the boys yeah i mean it's it's got a it's got brand new engine a brand new avionics it's got a new interior in it with the memory phone seats in there Mm. it's got fresh leather in there it smells you know smells like the inside of a new pickup truck up the leather i mean what what could you not like about it? Right. And th- this won't be the first flight. It'll be the second one. He's going to fly a short run to pick you up, and then you're heading across the country or something. Is that what you were saying? Well, the, the uh, Captain Jonathan, he's flying in on Monday. We'll pick him up at the airport, and then we'll we'll head down to Sebastian, that Velocity factory, and we'll fly Tuesday and Wednesday, make sure that he's covered with the airplane and see if there's any uh, – any problems, make sure the autopilot's working properly, right. the oxygen system, your navigation system's off to date and everything like that. We want to be technically legal the whole way across. Well, of and, course, uh, yeah. In case, just in case we got to end up doing some IFR flying, I want to make sure we're, uh, you know, all the I's are uh, dotted, all the T's are crossed to make sure we're legal on that. Yeah. Well, and that's what Tom does. He kind of, you know, acts as a, I don't know, is test pilot the proper term? Or it's not really test pilot, is it? Or is it? Well, when we're brand new airplane, we just first get to build the first 25 hours. Yeah, I guess you're kind of a test pilot. The first 25 hours, you got to stay within so many miles of your fixed base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll end up flying just maybe up to Daytona and then down to Miami back and forth. Stay close to your home base. And, you know, we fly at different altitudes. We shut down engines. We check fuel flows. Right. Exhaust gas temperatures, uh, keel temperatures, make sure everything is in the right range uh before we let that airplane uh go to a customer yeah and and in the case where you're getting two new engines like this uh for this twin you're talking about though is there a break-in period you got to go through with something like that or no it's already done we've already got the break-in matter of fact we just changed oil on it uh friday so it's ready to go it's it's broken in we've run up to full takeoff power uh 
uh, we've shut down engines in flight. We're doing some uh, BMC tests on it, restart the engine, make sure to prop feathers properly and so on. So it's, it's met all the parameters and it's, it's working. It's ready to go. Yeah. You're just doing all the little fine tuning, crossing some T's, dotting some I's, and then it's off for the trip of uh, trip uh, across the country. You say to Seattle, that's where you plan to end up. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we're starting down in the southeast, we're all the way down, all the way down, down here in Florida, and then we're going to go all the way up, all the way up to Seattle, Washington. So wow. we're cutting right across the country. It'll be a, it's going to be a great trip. How many, how many, uh, tra- um, well, how long do you expect it to take? Have you already mapped it out well, yet or no? I mean, if we really are aggressive about it, we do sunrise or sunset, we can make it in two days. But, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to tire the, the doctor out himself or, or myself. So we'll probably make it three days. Well, first day we'll we'll go somewhere between here and uh, you know Maryland, Florida. Between here and Denver, we'll go halfway. Right. And then we'll make it to Denver. Then from Denver to Seattle, that do a sunrise takeoff. That we could make in one day, real easy. Like, but going over the mountains before it starts getting turbulent and we get the uh, you know the cumulus starting to build up and they get bumpy. But the first day we'll. Well, we'll just see how it goes, depending yeah. on the weather and the headwinds. You're just going to go with the flow, look at the weather, and that'll kind of determine what path you take. I got it. And a, and a good thing, like like Dennis was talking about a couple of weeks ago about get home itis and the pressure. Uh, I just spoke to the, the customer, and you know we got seven days to do it. So there's no hurry. If it takes three days, five days, if we have to sit somewhere, say we got to sit in Denver for two or three days, that's fine. Also, we'll take advantage of it and do some sightseeing and yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, no hurry. You no might hurry get up or... there, and when you get out west, you're like, hey, you know, we got time. Let's go see the world's largest ball of of yarn or some crap like that. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the freedom of being, a, you know, a pilot in your own aircraft. Uh, but but it sounds like a fun little adventure. And you're probably going to be cruising, well, at what speeds in a twin like that? That can go pretty fast, right? Yeah, we'll cruise probably about a 175. 175 knots, about 200 miles an hour. That's, and the fuel flow we're burning about, mm, depending on what altitude, how much we got to lean out, probably about 17, 18 gallons an hour. So that's not bad. So we, yeah. we have about a six hour endurance. So that should be good. What will the, determine your altitude? Will it be just weather or will you want to get way up there since you're planning such a well, long weather, trip? Weather is always your pretty much that and your headwinds and, and turbulence. So once you get over to Rockies, I mean, if we could, you know, 12,000 feet, 13,000 feet, depend. But if you get really bumpy, you know, if you want to get above some of the uh, lenticulars or some of the turbines being generated from the Rockies, we might go as high as, as 17, 17 and a half, 18, something like that, depending on if we're BFR or IFR. But we can go way up to, to 20,000, but but then yeah. you get, you're sucking on oxygen the whole time. But the low teens are, are, are ideal. So that's where we kind of want to be. Got it. So, so does it have one of those oxygen systems that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago on the show? Actually, or what? one you guys were talking about uh, last week, the one down there in uh, what, Aerox. Before Myers. It does yeah. have that system built right into it. Yeah. What is it, Dennis? What is it again? Aerox. Aerox, right. So it does have that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I just ordered on the on uh, Amazon just about two hours ago. One of the things you put on your fingers to to measure your oxygen, how much yeah, you have but- in your body, make sure you're in the, the higher 90s. Mm-hmm. Is, so I figure I'm going to get one of those to uh, have with me. Just make sure that, uh, that we're not getting oxygen uh, depleted in any way, right. shape, or form. 
Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but the system that you have in the aircraft is it one of the permanently installed ones or one of the portable? Yeah, it's, per- it's permanently installed. Is it's right. for uh, for four seats and you got the little things that go up your nose. Little uh, yeah, that should be fun. So this uh, particular velocity aircraft twin that you're talking about, it sounds like your uh, doctor friend really has this thing all tricked out. Is that? Oh, uh, it does. I mean, it's got the full, you know, the soft t- tan leather interior. The paint job is brand new blue with white and it's nice it's it's it's, it's a top of the line paint job on there and how uh, much how much money you have in this overall that he just did you yeah, overall in it, uh, it's a lot but it's not when you compare it to a comfortable twin it's got about 500 into it yeah which would be about one half to one third of a commercially built uh twin yeah i mean if you want this uh Piper or Cessna or Baron or something like that, or, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Meridian or a turbo, uh, turbo prop, you're talking $2 million. But here's it's, uh, you know, for $500,000, which is, is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money when, right. it, when it talks airplanes. Sure. Especially with twin engine reliability. I mean, it, it's pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. And you, you'd want that kind of twin thing, just like you're flying over the water, uh, flying over the mountains, same kind of thing. You having that extra juice or extra engine to rely on is just a little bit more peace of mind. Is that a safe assumption? Uh, it's a very safe assumption. Redundancy is the key. I mean, it's, uh, it's nice, it's nice, it's nice having a parachute on your airplane like Sears, but it's also nicer to have a second engine so you don't have to ever deploy that parachute. Right. Yeah, I, I would feel pretty good about that. See, this is what you have. Uh, you know, I, t- I tried to tell Dennis last week. I said, okay, you're going to have about six to eight weeks without your aircraft. Uh, time to buy a second one. So he, you may have just described uh, Dennis's second aircraft that he could put in the hangar until his old one arrives. Dennis, come on. Well, Dennis, you, you got this opportunity for six to eight weeks now. Yeah. You can start building an airplane in your uh, your hangar at your house. Oh, well, there you, know, you go. You, get, you pick the right kit. They can do them in a week. You know, they've done that at Oshkosh a few years in a row now. RV-12s are in uh, one weekend. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, I no, I'm thinking. convince my wife that we can do it. Well, you got to get a twin, <laughs> a big monster twin like he's talking about with his buddy. Yeah, something that's a little bigger than what you have now that we can take more stuff and more people like me. Right. I got my priority set. I don't know about you, Dennis. And on that note. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Wrap it up. Till next time. Remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. (laughs) Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far across the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com.